You're listening to the awesome Podcast Network. This is 80s Revisited. I'm your producer, Jesse Sedgley. And now, your host, Trey Harris. Hey, Killian! Here's Sub-Zero. Now, Plane Zero. Fatality. Ben Richards wins. <laughs> Welcome back, everybody, to 80s Revisited, episode 127. The walking man. The running man, I mean. I'm one of your hosts, Trey Harris. With me is now always, forever, to have and to hold, till death do us part, or bad movies, whichever comes first, my lovely wife, Autumn Day, Harris. Hi. And of course, our loyal producer, our own Killian, in a sense, Jesse Sedgley. Yes, I am. I think we're on episode 128. Oh, sorry. Just before you get a correction. Okay, there we go. (laughs) I don't know. Whatever. (laughs) You just... Random numbered it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. That would work. He's pretty close, though. Yeah. You know, and Price is Right, I didn't go over. Yeah. You know, you That's would have had win. to have bid exact to beat me. It's Probably could do. <laughs> Man, maybe, maybe not. But anyway, everybody. The underrated Arnold classic, in my opinion, The Running Man, November 13th, 1987. IMDb gives it a 6.6. Rotten Tomatoes, 61%. Critics, 60% audience. So it's... Six is across the board for the film, which I highly disagree with, but we'll get into that in just a bit after we get the, the facts straight about this amazing action movie from 1987. Uh, the budget was $27 million estimated, open for 8.1, domestically it grossed 38.1. No info on the interwebs that I found for worldwide gross or any rentals, but suffice to say, it was an auto movie in the 80s. It did pretty well. Uh, it was directed by Paul Michael Glazer. Now, you might be wondering, who is Paul Michael Glazer? Well, he was the fourth director in this film because it was a, had a very troubled production history. But uh, it should be noted, as a director, he also directed the Shaq classic Kazam. Oh, but uh, more importantly, the guy that directed this, this was Starsky from the television show Starsky and Hutch. Huh. Strangely enough, was a director. Uh, written by Stephen D'Souza. Uh, he did the screenplay, but... Now he's he is a good he has a good pedigree so to speak. Uh, he also did the screenplay for Commando and Die Hard one through two, so he knows his action, as is evident in this production, this version of The Running Man, which is based on a story, a novella by a gentleman named Richard Bachman. Uh, you would probably know him better as Stephen King. Whoa, mic drop. Yes, Stephen King wrote The Running Man. I'm sure most people might not have known that. Uh, and, in, and we'll get into the, the book a little bit later, but remind me, there's an interesting tidbit about why we still don't call him, or he still doesn't call him, call himself Richard Bachman. But anyway, starring, of course, Arnold Schwarzenegger, and of course, I keep, I've already said of course like five times, I need to stop. <laughs> yeah. Of course, I need to stop saying of course. Anyway, we all know who Arnold Schwarzenegger is. He plays the title character, Ben Richards. Y'all, if you don't know any other Arnold movies... Just turn the podcast off because you are not worthy. You're in the wrong place. Exactly. Uh, and the female lead, Maria Conchita Alonso. She was Amber. She was also in Predator 2. And a lot of TV. Uh... Yeah, she's the uh, the chick in Predator 2 where Predator like holds her up and he doesn't kill her because he looks down and with his heat and infrared vision and sees there's a baby in there. And he doesn't kill her. 
because mm. she's pregnant. Okay. Uh, Yafet Kato was Laughlin. Uh, you probably remember him from Alien. Uh, I forget his name in Alien, but he's the one that, uh, well, obviously the black guy in Alien, but uh, I'm trying to think of. Uh, wow. There's only one black <laughs> guy in Alien. Identifying Mark. <laughs> wow. For sure. There, he's the only one. How, the one with the how, how can I do? Uh, he wears a bandana. Oh shit! Another character wears a bandana. Uh, uh, he's one of the miners. Oh shit! They're all miners. So there's only one way to identify the children. Yes. As far as relating to Alien, and also this film, because I don't think there's another African American in this movie either. Uh, so he's sort of, in South Park terms, he's the token one in this film, yeah. and also wow. Alien. What? It's I'm referencing something else and. There's nothing I wrong know. with that. Everybody knows how we are on this podcast. If you have an issue with that, 80srevisited.gmail.com. <laughs> I imagine know. we won't get any emails about that. I would hope not, because, I don't know, whatever. But he's also <laughs> in Live and Let Die, and also Homicide, Life on the Streets, a television show, which I imagine most people might actually remember him from. But he's done a lot of TV. He's always been kind of what we were saying earlier in a lot of older, older films. Uh, Jim Brown was Fireball. You probably remember him from Mars Attacks, the uh, no. the boxer, uh, Egyptian dressed character, wife of or excuse me, husband of Pam Greer's character in Mars Attacks. But also, more people might remember him as the fullback for the Cleveland Browns because he was a former football player, really, and held the all-time rushing record, I believe, until I'm not sure who eventually beat him, but uh, I think he held it like till the mid '80s or something. So he's a very famous football player from back in the day. And speaking of famous sports figures, there's also another one in the film in the form of Jesse Ventura yeah. as Captain Freedom, who is underrated in this film, I would have to say, but also, of course, Predator. And to round out his own, the, the whole Arnold-Jesse Ventura trilogy, Predator, Running Man, also, you might not remember, but Batman and Robin. He's one of the guards in Mr. Mm, Freeze's yeah. cell. Are they friends? Yeah. Okay. In fact, uh, there was a story... I think it was on one of the it's on the Predator Blu-ray or the DVD, but uh, him and Ventura and Schwarzenegger would hold contests to see whose biceps were bigger. Well, when they had the they had a, a third part, one of the stunt coordinators be like the one that measured him, and he told him to tell Ventura that his was like five inches less than it was, which put <laughs> Ventura's over, and the the winner had to buy the other one dinner, a fancy dinner or something, or a bottle of Dom Perignon, something ridiculous, you know, something kind of silly. Well, the Ventura got all cocky, like saying his were bigger, but then Arnold they told him like and he you know shut him up. All a good fun though. Mm. So, anyway, but now I'm sure there's some real sort of conspiracy about why this yeah, whole thing happened. That's and blah, why blah, blah. he went down the road he went down. He's like, I'm so tired of being so lied fun. to. He is so awesome. Everybody's lying to me. He should know the whole big thing that was like, uh, he's not campaigning, but he's everybody's saying like, you should run with Donald Trump if he gets the nomination. He's like, well, I don't know if I would run with Trump, but I would run with Bernie Sanders. And he goes on his own, his own little YouTube channel where he. He's, quote-unquote, off the grid. Right. On with, the internet. Yes, exactly. So I don't uh, think okay, you're technically off the grid. But I don't think that's how I works. love Jesse Ventura. I think he, he, I loved him as a wrestler, as a, one of the greatest heels and one of the best announcers in the business of all time. And for what he did in, in the f- few movies that he was in, he was good. I mean, uh, it would have been so... Well, we actually did get to see him, thanks to, quote-unquote, in the film, computer trickery fight Schwarzenegger in the film where they took um, the other contestant's face near the end. Right. Spoilers. But, uh, <laughs> yeah. Anyway, uh, Professor Toru Tanaka was Sub-Zero, which we just heard what happened to him, but he's been in a ton of stuff. He did pass away a few years ago, but he was also in Last Action Hero, Dark Man, Pee-wee's Big Adventure. He was sort of... Uh, actually, Jesse, click on him. Was he Odd Job? 
It's gonna be prof- right there. I don't think he would. Professor, huh? Yeah, I don't. I didn't look up if that meant anything. Oh, he's a wrestler. That's that's nah, what it, it was. was. An odd job. Okay, yeah. So uh, similar build to odd job. Uh, anyway, but also in a bit role, Mick Fleetwood played Mick. Obviously, Mick Fleetwood, Fleetwood Mac. Uh, ah, Richard yes. Dawson uh, was Damon Killian. Of course, he was the host for the uh, the original host of the Family Feud, and also no, I think he was the second host of Family Feud, but the more famous one, I believe. But also, uh, he was a regular on Laugh In, which also spawned the careers of Willie Tomlin and Goldie Hawn. I've never seen a single episode of Laugh In. I used to watch it all the time because it was one of those shows that Nick and Knight would play. Because that's when they would play the Mary Tyler Moore show, Laugh In, Dick Van Dyke, all those old, uh, really old 60s, 70s, actually not even 70s, but uh, excuse me, 50s, 60s TV shows. Now they play, what, Full House and Friends, and yeah. that's not my Nick at Night. I'll take it. Uh, but anyway, where am I? Oh, uh, Sven Ole Thorson was Sven, kind of the big Creative. cop police guy in the film. But he was also in Gladiator, Lethal Weapon. Uh, most well, most people might remember him or recognize him. He was LaFour's in Mallrats. Uh, yeah. And the upcoming Mallrats, too, whatever it's called. It's coming it's, back. Yep. Uh, but he's been in a lot of. Uh, he's a good friend of Schwarzenegger from uh, the bodybuilding, their bodybuilding days. So he gets That's a lot right. of parts and uh, he has a lot of parts in a lot of Schwarzenegger films especially back in the day uh, Marvin McIntyre was Weiss he was also in Back to the Future Part 3 thank you John Martinez for pointing that out on Facebook when I was posted I was watching The Running Man but he was also in Short Circuit and there's also uh, there's also a ton of notable actors in like very minor minor parts like uh, Kurt Wood Smith has a minor part Blink and You Miss Him uh, that old chick from The Conjuring not The Conjuring yeah The Conjuring that uh and uh, I don't forget her name. She's in like Nightmare on Elm Street. She's in like all these horror movies. She's an old woman. Uh, look it up. Yeah, because it's gonna bother me now. But <laughs> actually, uh, oh, it'd be the older the... one, huh? No. Let's see. She's an older like uh, investigator chick. Uh, I can, I can you. Every, everybody knows this woman's face. She's in like every horror movie almost. Is like the old person saying something. We're on Periscope right now. Maybe one of these people know Whoa, exactly who this person is. Don't look at me. Go back to the running man so I can get this woman's name. <laughs> oh, no, 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 no. I'm sorry. It wasn't The Conjuring. It was Insidious. Oh. She was in uh, That's yeah. why she didn't pop up right there. But the old, like, psychic woman, not psychic, but the paranormal investigator chick from Insidious has a bit role in the film as well. I forgot who I was looking up. <laughs> nah, fuck it. <laughs> Doesn't matter. If you want to know, you can look it up on IMDb or any other any other site that you'd like. Hey guys, taking a quick break from the podcast, ask you to please, please, please shoot on over to iTunes, leave us a review, let us know how we're doing. We love to hear feedback because hey, let's face it, like the '80s, we're not perfect. Also, head on over. We <laughs> 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 screwed up this ad. <laughs> Damn! Now I get got to get back to the show. This is a thirty second ad. We only got eight seconds left. Oh shit! We're still, oh, I thought you expected you do your hey, magical Amazon, editing thing. iTunes and Stitcher reviews. Go get them. Thank you. All right, now for the nitty gritty. Autumn, have you ever seen The Running Man before we watched it the other night? I don't know if I had ever seen it all the way through. All the way through, yeah. like the real version, TV version. Probably on TV and not all the way through. So watching it with me, mm-hmm. ravenous by your side, quoting it stuff before it would happen. Yeah. What did you think of the movie? Um. Don't talk about the book, by the way. That's later. Fine. I didn't dislike it. I tend to agree with like all the the critics and whatnot like 
six. S- for real? High six. Didn't we have a discussion? No, wait, no, you said Total Recall. We're talking yeah. about, for the, all our viewers, our listeners and viewers now on Periscope, uh, I, we, a conversation we had while we were actually watching it, I believe The Running Man is one of Arnold's best films, bar none. Yeah, but he doesn't Along with make Total Recall. Good movie. <laughs> whoa, whoa, back, get, get the hell out of this room. Take I mean, your... like, they're not, like, critically acclaimed, like, good movies. They're entertaining movies. I don't they're think still they're good. bad movies. Terminator 2? Well, yeah, that's a good oh, movie. Oh, okay, there we go. Uh, just the name. Uh, I can understand what you're saying. Yeah. But he has played in okay, several okay. critically acclaimed we can, films. We can go to a seven, but it's still not much higher than What would you that. give Total Recall, then? Because you said that was your favorite. Yeah, like a seven and a half. That... You're saying your favorite Schwarzenegger film would only garner a seven and a half? Yeah. Terminator 2 wouldn't even be so higher than seven and a half? Well, Terminator 2 would get higher because it's better written, it's better acted. Well, it's James Cameron it has, before he well, dove yeah, to the center of the earth. Well, yeah, it's got a real like, story. So does The Running Man. So does Total Recall. Yeah. and they're Which was in the 90s, so we can't even discuss it on here. as good. It was all a dream. Anyway, there's lots of 80s decisions. Someone mentioned Conan. That's... Well, we, I thought we did. Didn't we do one? Didn't we do Conan the Destroyer? Did, Daniel? I don't know. I wasn't here. I know. I'm not, I'm, when, I, when I look at you it's sometimes, so I'm, I'm just seeing Daniel sometimes. So I'm, that I remember worries episodes. me so much. It shouldn't because I'm just being facetuitous, whatever that word means. Yeah. But anyway, so right. you didn't care for this film? Like, was a seven, well, normally you give colors or animal names for your rating. So yeah, would you say that that's good? It's too much to keep up with. Um, yeah, I mean, it's it's good. I'd, if you were watching it, I'd watch it again, but I'm never going to come home from work and be like, geez, I really want to watch Running Man. Uh, <laughs> no, we've had a lot of stuff. We've had very few stumbling blocks in our marriage, which oh, I'm, I'm very glad for, but this, this might be it, everybody. <laughs> it's over. You have to love the Running Man more than you do. No, in all seriousness, uh, like I was saying, I think, you know, like we were just saying, Arnold has some of the best action films ever made. If you have a top ten list, it's going to have probably at least five Arnold films on it. I mean, if you're really being, like, trying to sit down and really be critical in a sense. But in my, like, most people always automatically Terminator 2, yeah, great film. Uh-huh. You know, in Terminator 1, everybody, everybody quotes, I'll be back. Yeah. But The Running Man is the film where he meant it in the proper context of kind of what that quote became. Because in the Terminator, he says, I'll be back, and he runs a car into the thing yeah. but in the running man he says i'll something. be back and he comes back in the end to kill him specifically it wasn't yes. just tossed, tossed in there exactly like to me this is what that quote when i think of arnold saying i'll be back i don't think of terminator i think I always think of the running man yeah because it's it's so it's much the more exactly it's so much more badass <laughs> than that and i mean and then in terms of arnold movies i think this is the by far the most quotable one in fact if you pull up an arnold soundboard more, you probably have more Running Man quotes than anything. Well, I, let me let me let me let me, let me fact check myself or double backtrack on myself. Uh-huh. Probably Running Man and Kindergarten Cop. Oh uh, yeah. yeah, Kindergarten yeah. Cop is definitely quotable. I don't know any Running Man quotes. Oh really? <laughs> I'll be back. Okay, now I know one. <laughs> yeah. I hope you had dinner. Well, uh, hold on, I gotta think of it correctly so I don't. Uh-huh. You know, See, even I hope you. you didn't have anything for lunch because they're gonna take my fist and ram it down your goddamn stomach. <laughs> Something like that. And break your, oh, break your goddamn spine. Well, the one we play at the uh, beginning. Sub-Zero, now Plane Zero. There's so many great quotes. The whole Hawaiian shirt quote, because we just got back from vacation. We went to Hawaii. And uh, you're like, because when, when we were watching, she's like, oh, I got to remember that. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to mention that quote when I'm in Hawaii, because it's so funny. And you I already, you remember already forgot. It. Yeah. Remember, he's at the airport in the film. Yeah. And he runs away, and he's wearing the Hawaiian shirt. Right. And she's like, you could have been on the beach, and now I'm here. He's like, you fucked it up. I had the shirt. He says something like that. 
It's funny. I do remember he's. Yeah, and you were like dying laughing about it. That's really funny. It was funny. But I don't remember it. That's that's fine. It's cool. It's great. But I could quote some kindergarten cop. <laughs> I think everybody can. Also, that uh, a lot of the quotes from that movie blew up because of all the Arnold prank calls back in the late '90s, early 2000s, whenever that was. Yeah. You know, when the soundboards soundboards first kind of came out. Oh. You know, it was hello, hello, who are you? Yeah. I'm John. I'm Dave. Who is your daddy and what does he do? Who is this? You know, yeah. you too. I'm sure there's, you know. But back in the day, that was the funniest shit <laughs> when people would actually get confused. There was one, I remember, where uh, he called and ordered a pizza, like to order a pizza with the soundboard. Yeah. And Detective John Kimball. And it's funny. <laughs> Just you two. Those are, and if you haven't ever, if this is news to you, by all means, Google it and listen to some. Never like, heard it's never soundboards. If you never heard of a prank call. <laughs> <laughs> What's a prank call? Uh, <laughs> well, now... I mean, that's that, all self. Is that still though. a thing? Because it's like, I think it's hey, less of a thing. Yeah, like somebody prank calls somebody on their iPhone, and then immediately get a call back. Uh, yeah, you just prank call me, you little <laughs> asshole. Yeah. So I don't yeah. know. I don't know if that's still a thing these days. Maybe that's nah. a, a lost art. You know, maybe it the Jerky be. Boys were the peak of it. I don't yeah. know. They'll die with Bart Simpson. <laughs> maybe. <laughs> Who knows? Keep it alive. Hashtag. Prank calls live. <laughs> Those two things don't mix. Prank calls and hashtags. Yeah, yeah. no. That's like... <laughs> and then when you read it, people will be like, hashtags Hashtag Pound, oh, oh, Wait, oh, I'm sorry. We don't say hashtag on this show, remember? Pound sign. Pound sign. Pound sign yes. prank yep. calls. Pound That pound is one Tic-tac of those dad jokes. Board. Whatever. Dad jokes. Dad jokes. Hash, uh, pound sign dad jokes on 80s. Whatever. I don't know sign. what all that means. Mm. I don't know what any of that means. But anyway, I love The Running Man. Young Trey love The Running Man. Always thought, wow, that'd be so cool, but like not dying, you know, <laughs> without the threat of death. How cool would that be? Play and the, then play the but, games. And and somebody else thought that too, because get ready to get your minds blown. Oh, the Running Man is the reason American Gladiators existed. Uh-huh. The Running Man inspired the creation of American Gladiators. Hmm. And, and now, of course, if you if I would have, you know, obviously. You know, in a sense, you're like, duh. But I would have thought <laughs> Gladiators was well before The Running Man. No. Hmm. Gladiators came after and because of The Running Man, which yeah. was, again, also was a novel in the 70s, movie in the 80s, TV show in the late 80s, yeah. 2000s, and then resurfaced, what, a few years ago with, with uh, you know, now outed racist Hulk Hogan as one of the hosts. So, mm. And then lasted, what, like two seasons and was gone? But unfortunately, not sure. Assault was always my favorite. I would ask you what your favorite American Gladiators game was, but I don't think you ever, ever watched it. There was like that giant Q-tip thing. Oh, the, <laughs> the joust. giant Q-tips. Yeah. Where they stand on the, you know, so, yeah, didn't Double that... Dare have like or guts had a version of that? Yeah, yeah, yeah. maybe yeah, that's like what I was thinking the of. The <laughs> lamer version. Did you ever watch American oh, yeah, Gladiators? Yeah, yeah. What was your favorite game? Um, is Assault the one where they got to go to the three things? Assault is the, like the where they have the one shooting the tennis balls at them. Yeah, that's the one. Okay, yeah, I like that. And they have the weapons. They, and have, they have to like yeah get the crappy the, the weapon. funky Nerf weapons <laughs> to shoot. The, they to get shoot like a one target. shot. And then the, the gladiator shooting like a a baseball right. pitcher machine with tennis balls. <laughs> yeah, going ninety miles an hour. They have these crappy '80s Nerf weapons. That if of course any child any person our age that had a Nerf weapon as a kid knows that you know Nerf bow and arrow. That thing was badass for two days. But then after that, like, that thing gets, you know, the, yeah. the plastic grates on each other. It just goes <laughs> straight to the, straight up or straight I'll, down. I'll tell you right now, the best thing Nerf ever had back in the day was Nerf fencing. Because you had really? the big foam sword. And it was, uh, but it, the hilt of the sword had uh, four targets on it. 
and the goal of it was you had to poke the target out on your opponent's hilt oh, to win. Wow. It was actually pretty fun and it was pretty durable. Ours lasted, you know, at least more than a week. But nerf mm. fencing. Durable. A week. No, back then that's how a nerf was. Like you had to get your use out of it quick because it would just eventually you know that gun with twenty five foot range yeah. would eventually be five foot range. But now it's like flipping a hundred foot sniper rifle. <laughs> and you know auto turret cannons with two uh drum magazines nerf is badass now i mean it was always badass but now it's like as an adult now that adults can like, buy it they're actually uh, selling things exactly there you go like pushing those office wars <laughs> exactly they even have the you know the ones Holy you plug crap, in that's the best idea i've ever heard <laughs> i need the turret gun <laughs> okay you know they have the usb one that like you can control from your desk oh yeah that's true and I don't know if Nerf actually makes it. I know it's on Think, oh, Think Geek. Oh, my God. So you should check it out Yeah. if you want. Uh, Maybe it'll be a stocking stuffer. Maybe. But to have assault you, on my building. <laughs> well, that's the thing, too. And, of course, as a kid, the, the worst thing about Nerf was like a pellet gun, BB gun. You had to sit there and pump it like like for five minutes to get one shot off. Now it's like they got the ones you just, you know, basically cock it and it's ready to go. Or they now the motorized ones. There it is right there watching the video. Look at that See? motherfucker. <laughs> Yeah, not much to hear in the video. Yeah, yeah. nope, I need one. Plus, but, our Periscope people can't hear it anyway. <laughs> sorry, guys <laughs> and girls. But yeah, Nerf is badass now. But yes, they, they agreed that Assault, that's the way to go. Definitely. Also, did you ever play the NES game? Uh, I don't think so. Because I remember the only, the Joust was, <laughs> the Joust in the NES game was so hilarious because as you progressed, the, the pillars got higher. So, of course, our Periscope people can see it, but you start off, like, in relation to your little pixel of a character, you know, they're, like, five feet off the ground. Mm-hmm. But as you beat that person, you go to the next one, and it's, like, 20 feet off the ground, 50 feet off the ground, to where eventually your characters are on pillars in the sky. And, like, and then when you knock the opponent off, they fall, like, ah! <laughs> so eventually you're actually killing your opponent right. if you survive. So, but the, no one can survive that drop. Exactly. The <laughs> NES game was pretty great for its time. But also the hamster ball game was awesome. Where they had to, uh, oh yeah yeah blue and red bo- or the gladiators were in the blue or or a certain color no it was blue that and, one was blue cool and red too, yeah. and then and then a powerball where they had to dunk you know the gladiators would knock the crap out of them to uh, keep them away from the little buckets yeah you know it was basically double not double dare I guess well guts came after it but it was in a sense like one of those kid any uh, kid uh, Nickelodeon games but like with adults and full contact and. Why do you think they got canceled awesome. again? I don't know. I guess they just didn't didn't have that same magic. I know. I guess I, and like also, Ninja Warrior took it over. That's true. Which we got our first American Ninja Warrior. Yeah. Like uh, not too long ago. At least I, I don't know when it was. It had to be sometime recently because YouTube was all or uh, my Facebook suggested post feed mentioned that some dude that looked like a character from Joe Dirt is the first <laughs> American ninja warrior <laughs> yeah i can see that i'm not saying that in a bad way my wife just gave me a grimace because she loves joe dirt well just by comparison autumn oh I'm, I'm just i'm just i'm just curious mm-hmm. you give the running man a seven what would you give joe dirt okay i don't i'm not <laughs> confused i know you're by not the i'm fact just messing of, with you i don't think joe dirt is a good movie we know it's a guilty pleasure i'm entertained by it and it's really funny you don't have to defend yourself we're among friends here <laughs> we all love bad movies here I just like to pick on you because it's Joe Dirt. So, saying that, I, I can't assign a number to Joe Dirt because I know it's a bad movie. Why don't you give says it? 5.9. Aww. <laughs> oh, really? That, that hurts your feelings? No. <laughs> Whatever. <laughs> but anyway, uh, a lot of uh, behind-the-scenes stuff for the film. 
or some interesting tidbits that you might may or may not know. I don't know. Maybe you have the Blu-ray and you've listened to the commentary and watched all the behind-the-scenes stuff, which you can go to 80srevisited.com, click on the Amazon link if you don't have the Blu-ray, and go ahead and pick it up because it's worth owning. It's, this, is the Arnold, this is the Arnold film you have in your collection, one of them at least, of, you know, if you had to pick the top ones. Sure. Of course. But uh, when Schwarzenegger ran for governor, he rode around his campaign bus they rode around in. Was had the running man on it, like the name. That's that was funny. his, like, one, not his slogan, but you know, he was running. Smart move. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> he gets off the bus. Really he's got like severed heads of his opponent. <laughs> ah, whoever ran against him is now, you know, whatever comment he would make because he's Arnold. It would be cool. It also should be noted that four actors from the Predator franchise are in this film. Mm-hmm. Obviously, Schwarzenegger Ventura. Yeah. Maria Conchita Alonso was in Predator Two, but also. Uh, Sven Ole Thorson was in Predator. Because remember, the cop, the one that oh, we mentioned earlier, yeah. that's in a lot of Arnold 80s films. Right. Uh, I think he was one of the, uh, just one of the random soldiers in one of those shootouts or whatever. I'm not sure who exactly he was. But he's always kind of around in Arnold movies back then. Mm-hmm. Uh, and as I mentioned before with Jim Brown, uh, Killian, when they send Fireball in, when the old lady picks, you know, that she wants Fireball to go in, uh, he says, there he goes, the leading rusher, which, of course, Jim Brown was, at that time, until shortly after the film came out, the leading rush, all-time leading rusher in the NFL. Mm-hmm. Uh, the big dance number in the beginning with all the scantily clad lovely ladies, that was actually choreographed by none other than Paul Abdul. So Laker girl to choreographer for The Running Man to pop, pop sensation star. and then drugged out, drunk host of American Idol. So how the mighty have fallen or risen in some people's books. I don't know. Anyway... Uh, Schwarzenegger thought that the, that uh, Starsky, the director, mm-hmm. uh, was a terrible choice to direct uh, because he came from a TV background. And obviously, you know, you look at a soap opera and then you look at a movie, they're, they look completely different because obviously production, but also, you know, direction's a big factor in that as well. Uh, but Schwarzenegger didn't like it because he had no experience as a director, as a film uh, director whatsoever. And he thought that he shot The Running Man like a TV show, which lost a lot of the deeper themes of the script. Now, of course, the book has a lot more deeper themes than the movie, which we'll get yeah. into in a minute. But uh, when I was reading that, like, but the dude came from a TV background, and he's directing a movie about a about TV show. About a TV show, yeah. Seems you would like think that it would, would be work. a good fit. But uh, anyway, uh, he was kind of, a, uh, Starsky was kind of a last-minute replacement, because this film went through four directors. You have to stop calling him Starsky. It's easier than saying, <laughs> uh, what's his fucking name? John, My- uh, excuse me, Paul Michael Glazer. Can't you just say Glazer? Can I just say Starsky? Yeah. Yeah. In fact, if you look Starsky. at his, I- oh, there you go. His IMD picture is Starsky. Well, it's, of course. It's not it him, is. you know, he with headphones into- on and a, and you know, pointing and doing any kind of decent directing because mm-hmm. he didn't do anything else other than like Shack movies. So that's not nothing, you know. Might as well embrace the fact that you were Starsky. Fine. You know, but anyway, uh, he didn't play. But Schwarzenegger, you know, he he stated he had these issues with it, but then he later, you know, said that he didn't, you know, blame the guy because he was a last minute replacement and yeah. he just didn't have the experience. He just didn't trust the film, or he didn't think he thought Schwarzenegger thought a lot of the uh, meaning of the film was or the script was lost in the direction. But again, he's a TV director directing a reality show at that time, a reality mm-hmm. show. Yeah. You know, this and you know, speaking of, about the movie as well, this film is so and the book as well, which. But obviously before the film, in terms of mass, or uh, a lot of people seeing it and getting it, this was like almost the first dose of reality television. And how accurate is this film now, in a sense? We're almost there. Yeah. We're almost there. This close to convicts running for their lives. <laughs> it's going to be great. Ten more years. Ten more years. Yeah, because the movie uh, was in 20, uh, 2019. So four more years. We get The Running Man. 
<laughs> and also the economy crashes. Uh, the government takes control of everything, and the poor get really poor, and the rich get really rich. So something to look forward to in four years. Wait a second. The election. This president is going to determine if we have a running man future. Hmm. Mm. Mm. Trump for the running man Trump or will. whoever else for the future of America. I don't know. We all lose. There's only two candidates. Political rant over. Uh, as with most other... Uh, excuse me, let me say this. Uh, the producer was Rob Cohen, who also more notably directed the first Fast and the Furious, directed Dragon the Bruce Lee story, directed Dragonheart. Uh, he's directed a good number, but he's also a big producer. When he bought the rights to the, uh, the book, he had no clue Richard Bachman was Stephen King, mm-hmm. which most people didn't. Right. But we'll get into that a little bit later as to how that all got reversed and it became a big deal. Uh, the original person chosen to star in the title role, none other than Don Johnson. But he said no because he, oh, wow. he wanted to continue his role in Miami Vice. Um, Jesse, wait, before you, can you just scroll back down? On Rob Cohen? Yeah. Um, whatever you had open a second ago, open. Um, what did I have open? Uh, not filmography. His... Go, go down. <laughs> what are you down? Just say down. what you're trying to think. Oh, his directing stuff. Yes. Ah, uh, okay. They're remaking Roadhouse. Oh yeah, with Ronda Rousey. Lovely. Yeah. As Dalton. I guess. Dalton's a dude. Okay, hold on. <laughs> it's fine that they're remaking it with a chick, but okay, there's all this. The internet blew up because Ronda Rousey wants to be in a Marvel film. That, okay, Dalton's like, not a Marvel. No, I know, no, I'm, we're talking. I'm getting on the subject right, of acting right, right, right. here. I've seen Ronda Rousey in two films: yeah. Expendables Three and her little cameo in Fast and the Furious Seven, yeah. which she just glares like I'm doing it on Periscope. Right. She does this the whole time, and then she kicks the shit out of Michelle Rodriguez until she was in she Entourage as well. Oh, and that's what she did. Never saw it. No, they're not remaking it. It's a sequel. No, that's video. That's a 2006 oh, direct oh, video oh. sequel. No, but anyway, Ronda Rousey cannot. <laughs> that's what I'm getting at. At least now. You know, she wants to be Captain Marvel, which they're talking about getting the chick from, uh, and of course I mean the chick in a, in a polite way, the, uh, the lovely leading lady from uh, Rogue Nation, Mission Impossible, uh, to be Captain Marvel. But, it, but Ronda Rousey was campaigning for it, which, that's fine, but she cannot, act, she's not an actress. Mm-hmm. It would be like, now granted, anybody, she can learn, I'm not saying yeah, that she can't. she could take some classes. She, well, but not when you got title defenses for your, you know, your yeah. belt and all this stuff. Mm-hmm. She's a fighter. Fighters fight. Like Rocky said, fighters fight. Maybe she wants to retire from fighting because they're going to bust her pretty well. Eventually, face. well, eventually, I mean, eventually she will. Yeah, you know, and she could definitely make that leap. I mean, she's super popular right now because she likes Dragon Ball Z and all this other stuff, which is you know, the the uh, quote unquote nerd community lover. And she's she's you know she's got a great personality. She's gorgeous. She's a she yeah, can kick your ass. But you know she's at least you know I'm a movie lover. I love movies. I'm not a you know I don't know anything about MMA. You know, except what I saw in the movie, The Warrior, which is a great movie. You haven't seen it, by the way. Uh, you know, but I can tell from what I've seen her in, she's, you know, she's not an actress. Yeah. And, but again, she can develop that skill. She's, out, you know, she's a judo cha- uh, Olympic uh, silver medalist in the Olympics with judo or whatever it is. You know, she's one of the winningest women's fighters of all time. Uh-huh. Extremely talented in those fields. I'm sure she can learn to act, but she, I don't think she's there yet and shouldn't be a title Marvel character in a franchise-type universe that they built. So I don't think she's doing that anymore. Yeah. Well, I think I, mean, I think that's kind of that's that uh, that campaign has risen and yeah, you know the internet has already trailed off into something else. <laughs> but again, if she ever wants to get into that field, I'm, you know, she probably can do it. Like the message boards, there's three people that say she can't act. Good luck with your acting. Yeah. Well, we'll see. You know, maybe Road, the Roadhouse remake will come out, and maybe she'll be great in it. 
Maybe. I'm not holding my breath. I've been wrong before. I'd love to be wrong, but we'll see. Because she's the real deal. It'd be awesome to have a female action star. Now, okay, now before like people say, oh, hypocrite, Arnold wasn't a very good actor, but he fit he the learned. character. He, he Yes, he did learn, but he also, you know, he became very typecast as, as an action hero, which obviously that's what the same thing will happen to her. Yeah. But I mean, let's be honest. When Arnold gives you that go to hell look, like I'm going to rip out your goddamn spine. Yeah. Like you're like, oh shit! It's oh, it's gonna get good. When Ronda Rousey glares at you, like in, I'm using Fast Seven or Furious, whatever the tagline, <laughs> I don't know. whatever it is. When she glares at you, I'm like, <clears throat> and she, I mean, because it's it's acting. I mean, she, it's I like remember where she was in that when they're <laughs> okay. Oh god, if you haven't seen this film, uh, when Vin Diesel is holding the sports car up so Paul yeah. Walker can hack it or whatever the hell they have to do at that expensive right. she party. She was a guard or something like and that. And she's just staring That's... around glaring the whole time. Like the second Michelle Rodriguez <laughs> walks in, it cuts to Ronda Rousey and she's like just glaring. Now, of course, it's also a director saying, okay, look at her like you're going to kill her or whatever, you know. That's not necessarily her fault because, again, she's not an actress. Yeah. And then they drive the car through two buildings and survive. <laughs> First picture. <laughs> there, there you go. Bingo. First that, that is her look in like... Every, like I'm not. I'm not intimidated. It just. It. I've seen her when she's doing her like her fight when her fight promos and all that. You know where it's like, oh, she's got that look in her eye, like or when you know in her fight she has that you know because she gets psyched up and that killer instinct, whatever you want to call it. They had a tiger. I had a tiger over the top, down over the top, that kind of thing. Yeah. But when she's acting that, it just doesn't work. Well, but again, that's something that that is either the worst picture she's ever taken, or she should never make that face again because (laughs) she's really she's pretty. I think she is very pretty. She is very pretty. And when she is making that face, that is not pretty. <laughs> Blue steel. Blue steel. <laughs> Look at her. Or maybe it's just terrible makeup or lighting. No, I mean, she or looks something. when she's not making that face, she looks great. Yeah. But, but in that movie, we were watching it and of course that we're laughing because of the entire ridiculous story for the film. But I mean, look how I mean she's gorgeous. Yeah. Definitely gorgeous. But in that like, film she, she makes laughs, that face really the pretty. entire time. It's just like, okay, stop it. But again, it's a Furious 7 movie, so... Yeah, what are you going to do? Oh, God, why don't they just call it The Avengers without costumes? Because it's normal people doing ridiculous, stupid things. (laughs) I'm sorry if you like that. It's it's so dumb, it's entertaining. I'm not going to lie. Like, I I was laughing most of the movie. But, uh, yeah, some people really, really think that's a good film. Those people also like Transformers, uh, you know, with Mark Wahlberg. Transformers. Transformers. No, tr- no, Transformers 3 is acceptable. Fine. That's the only one that I will accept people saying they like. That's the only one I haven't seen. It, watch the last 20 minutes. It's all Transformers fighting. It's what you <laughs> wanted since they announced the, fir- the first one. Ah. So, but anyway, uh, Autumn, remember we were watching the movie and I challenged you to see if you can remember the satellite, satellite uplink code? Oh, no. Do you still remember it? The no. future of the resistance depends on it. Hold on. Okay. While you're thinking, I'll give you a few <laughs> seconds. Uh, body count? Guesses? It's a Schwarzenegger movie. Seven. <laughs> Teen. <laughs> Good joke, babe. 41. Wow. <laughs> and I'm also, if you go by the supposed Bakersfield Massacre, a whole lot more oh, than 41. Yeah. Like thousands. Was yeah. there... Any guesses on the Satellink uplink code? 24. 24 is one of the numbers. That is correct. But we're not going to sit here all night while you think yeah. of the other no, seven. He says one twice. That is right. The there last is... two is one one. No. Somewhere in there is one one. Okay. First number, 18. Yeah, I was going to 24. Say 61. B. 17. 17. Oh, 4. 
So you had you had you know you had a decent amount remembered. I mean, you had a, a vague recollection. So good job. The resistance would have failed. And they would not have got the yeah, broadcast. Yeah, I remembered and, one number. And the network would have kept going, and she society didn't have would to not have remember crumbled. it over a month. Was that just a challenge? She remembered it an <laughs> I hour. Because I knew in the movie, like she has to recite it later. So I said, see if yeah, you Yeah, and I did in the movie. Yeah, like, you did. You know, 30 minutes later, whenever they asked But also, that's it. movie time. Yeah. So Not a month it later. It was a month. They were she would not competing. have remembered a month later. <laughs> maybe. Maybe maybe oh, Maria Conchita Alonso still remembers those numbers. Yeah. Maybe, maybe she remembers every line she ever spoke. And maybe that's bullshit. But anyway... <laughs> So you gave your score. You already spoiled your score. You said a seven, so you're not going to give it a color, no, an animal. You said seven. No, wait. I said high six. I thought you said seven. If or you th- were going to force me. If you were going to shame me I don't into know. raising Listen, my score. Our listeners can rewind it to double check. I could have swore you said seven, and then you bumped it up to... No, no, you're right. You said like 6.5, and uh, you bumped I know. it to I said it. Okay, yeah. Don't get cocky, text because there's other episodes <laughs> where people can go listen to you talking in the later half of the episode where you misquote me for earlier in the episode so hey we're all human love yeah, you babe Tex. love you <laughs> whoa Tex. whoa whoa nice shooting ticks but anyway I'd give it a 9 it's one of the best Schwarzenegger films top 3 Schwarzenegger films uh, I, I know I'm sorry top 4 I, I can't decide Predator Total Recall Running Man Terminator 2 I don't know I can't I can't do a top 3 mm. it has to be one of those no one's forcing you I wish Everyone's somebody, I chal- somebody needs to come put a gun on my head and say, you tell me your favorite fucking Schwarzenegger movie right now or I'll blow your fucking face off. I'll right now, right now. Head. It's Junior. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Twins. 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 End of days. <laughs> well, no, what was his last one that he, not, uh, not, uh, not recently, but, but the last film he did right before he was the, went into the governorship. Uh, um, collateral damage or something? Yeah, uh, yeah, collateral damage. I think that's what it was. Because collateral, not to be confused with collateral, an amazing Great movie. Yeah. Collateral damage was really bad. No, six, oh, I'm sorry. No. Go down? Well, I'm sorry. It's going yeah, up. I'm sorry. Day. It was collateral damage. Yeah, collateral Six days. I saw mind. that in the movie theater. You really? Yeah, collateral damage. That movie was... <laughs> the twist they try to pull off in that movie that it's the girl the whole time because... Yeah. Oh, if you haven't seen it, spoilers. It's the chick. <laughs> and they figured out... They watched this terrorist, shadowy terrorist, like talk about this big plot the whole movie. And then the terrorist claps what you think are his hands... And in the back of the screen, the ponytail flashes briefly. And the second they see the ponytail, like, it's the girl! I've been deceived! It's so stupid. so lame. Even for an auto movie, you know, unfortunately. But he's come back. Uh, was the, uh, with the exception of, what was the one that just came out that we really hated that was so stupid that had a great cast, though? Uh, what is, uh, go back to him real quick. I'm sorry. Uh, the last one he did. Not Maggie. Uh, shit, Sabotage. That was uh, oh, that right. was a stinker. That was bad. Oh yeah, great cast. Like I was shocked that with a cast and a budget, yeah, a lot of that that movie that. was just stupid. We're talking bad, not eighties movie, bad nineties movie plot. Yeah. And we yeah. all know that nineties movies were worse than eighties movies. <laughs> I don't care who you are, what you say. CG makes it worse. But anyway, but uh, since he's come back. Uh, He's had some great stuff, and of course he's revisited, well, with the exception, Love or Hate Terminator, Genesis, it's worth watching to see Arnold as we spoke before, you know, so he is like kind of uh, going back to his roots in a sense with some of his classic stuff, as well as some new stuff. Last Stand was great, I thought, excuse me, classic Arnold, Escape, Escape Plan, finally him and Stallone in the same movie, other than The Expendables, you know, where they're actually on, on screen together most of the time, and not just... Expendables 2 where he comes through a wall every few minutes to save him and says I'll be back over and over again. 
And now he's going to be on television with The Apprentice. Oh, that, that's so odd. <laughs> that's like, yeah. yeah. Okay, okay. Well, it's Arnold. It's always entertaining, except sure. when he does a commentary track. Oh, look, I'm punching the guy. Oh, the big <laughs> twist is going to happen when it's revealed that I'm a woman. Ah, whatever. It's coming. I wish, he, I, wish he, I wish somebody could just say, Arnold, look, don't narrate the movie. Like, tell us, like, some fun stories about it. Yeah. Instead of, we haven't got that yet, so. Mm. Just whisper it to him. You know, send him a, a little friendly email if you happen to know the guy. And then tell him that we're big fans here, and it'd be cool if he called me for my birthday. But anyway, this film released November 13th, 1987. Uh, let's see, when is that? Five days prior, on November 8th, 1987... Uh, the Inniskillen bombing in Ireland. Eleven people are killed by a provisional Irish Republican Army bomb at a Remembrance Day service at Inniskillen. Uh, the reason I bring this up, and it is important, is because if you are a fan of the greatest rock band ever, you too, you obviously have seen Rattle and Hum. Mm. And you would also then know that the best performance of Sunday Bloody Sunday is a performance they give, I believe, in Colorado in that's film, it was filmed for Rattle and Hum. That concert happened the same day as this bombing. And he, he says, before they start playing the song, you know, they obviously talk to the audience, he's talking about you know, the song, et cetera, et cetera, and he mentions that you know, people leave Ireland for, left Ireland for a variety of reasons. They left because of, they were fortunate enough to leave because of their career, et cetera. You know, people left back in the day because of famine and all that stuff, and other people leave from acts of terrorism like we had today. And he references this, and then they go on to do the most amazing performance of Sunday Bloody Sunday ever recorded. Uh, live version, obviously. Uh, they, they, you know, they kind of... Uh, just watch. If, you have, if you're a fan of you too, you know what I'm talking about. If you don't, and you're like, bullshit, the, perform- the B-side of that single a few years ago with the live Sarajevo performance is the best one. Only you two nerds know what I'm talking about right now, so I'm sorry if I'm alienating <laughs> people. Or if you don't like you too, uh, you know, that's fine, okay? But I fucking love them, so... But... Uh, <laughs> If you are a YouTube fan and you haven't seen Rattle and Hum, just YouTube Sunday Bloody Sunday Rattle and Hum. Fucking incredible. Bono gets really, he gets pissed. Like, you could tell it's a genuine reaction because obviously U2 is a very political band. Oh, yeah, it's all over uh, there. Especially in the 80s and the war period, Joshua Tree period and all that. Uh, but that's the main reason when I saw it, I was like, oh, I have to mention that because this is so fucking 80s. You know, we rarely have a fact that's like really cool. I mean, we have some that are cool. We have a lot that are cool. But this yeah. is like really cool to me because like, oh, shit, that was when that happened. And you watch Rattle and Hum, and like, uh, of course, the CD, the album Rattle and Hum, doesn't have this live version. So if you want it on your iPod or your music player, you have to go to YouTube or download, you know, you're downloading your file share program and get somebody who's already ripped it, or there's a variety of sites that can rip YouTube videos to audio because it is fucking badass. <laughs> it is such a good, it's like, it is the definitive version of the song. And about what the song is is all encapsulated in that same event and then it's a live performance by YouTube it's just amazing but anyway enough ass kissing there's a whole podcast that Adam Scott does on YouTube yeah so yeah. which I tried to listen to but they just go on and on about other bullshit before they get to the YouTube stuff I heard the uh, the fake version there's this podcast remember we were talking about doing another podcast oh yeah it's like a fake podcast well somebody already did that damn it it's one of the ones I listened to but they did that on that show Hmm. And I guess it became a real podcast from there. Wow. Yeah. Because I know they actually had you two on the show. Oh, sure, that's awesome. It sure must be nice to be a celebrity and just say, God, I love you too. Or be Samuel L. Jackson and say, I don't want to be in Star Wars, even though it's in the prequels. You still got to be in Star Wars, motherfucker. <laughs> so. Yeah, they're in L.A., so it's easy to book those things. Yeah, that's very true. You know, 
TV stars and movie stars can't just settle with like being TV and movie stars. You know, people <laughs> want to do be be podcasters and yeah. like it's all overshadowed by all these big oh. <laughs> You know, I'm Stone Cold Steve Austin, and I got a podcast, which is a great podcast, by the way, if you like wrestling. But anyway, yeah. just messing with all those big guys that you know, get all these advertising dollars and can do it, can do something else for a living, but then decide to just podcast and, you know. It's fun. It's a hobby. Exactly. <laughs> it, you, on nail on the head. It's fun. Okay, Autumn, I'm losing you. I see you're looking yeah. at your phone. Uh-huh. All right. Book. The, of course, I mentioned it was uh, based on a book by Richard Bachman, a.k.a. Yeah. Stephen King. Yeah, I read that. We both read the book. Yeah. Very short book. 100 chapters, but... Some chapters are just a paragraph. Yeah. Interesting chapter way it's set up. It starts off a hun- mi- uh, minus 100 and counting, and it goes like down to zero. Minus 100 Basic, whatever. Yeah. I, don't think, I don't know if it has a T in front of it. I whatever. Remember. But anyway, uh, the book, uh, some differences of the book to the film. The book takes place in 2025, so we still have time. A couple of presidential cycles will pass before we'll actually see if the book, dystopian future from the book, comes to pass. Mm-hmm. However, I mentioned the film was 2019. Uh, this is what really surprised me in the book. I don't know if it surprised you because I don't know how familiar you are, you are were with the movie, I should say. But in the movie, they're in like a zone, a game zone. Right. In the book, they let them out the front door of the building and it's real world. Yeah. The running man takes place everywhere. Mm-hmm. And which is, I was like, what? Like, what the hell? Like, oh, that'd be, you know, I'm thinking like, oh shit, like just disappear, you know? I mean, like, Terry's yeah. like, isn't that dangerous? No, no, I'm like, that's fucking awesome. Like, I want to go be in The Running Man. Uh, also, <laughs> you are in The Running Man, right? <laughs> oh shit, it's everywhere. You're hunters, I'm out of here. Yep, yep, uh, three but, hours, go. Mm-hmm. But anyway, I uh, lost my place. Uh, oh, a big difference too, in the film, they make him like a political, you know, like they framed him for the Bakersfield Massacre and put him in, he's in a convict, so it's all convicts mm-hmm. in The Running Man. In the book, like it's basically the poor people of society looking for a way out to get money. Because yeah. the longer you run, the He's more money you get. Exploited population. He's just a poor guy with a sick daughter. Mm. His daughter's and dying. He doesn't have a job, and he knows if he goes on this game, even though he won't live, it'll make money for his family. Mm. And his wife was a hooker. And she's like threatening, saying that she's going to go hook again to make money. And he's like, no, yeah. I don't want you to do that. You're my wife. Now work. we have a kid. Yeah. I can't stand that. And he's also. Kind of, and a, not that he, she's a, a hooker, but like that she has turned tricks for cash before. Not that she's like a straight up hooker, like this is my job. But right. when times get tough, she becomes a hooker. She'll suck a cock for some cash. Wow. <laughs> I put her in Nevada. And, and you, you took issue of me calling her a hooker. And you're like, well, she'll yeah. suck some dick for cash. <laughs> Hooker's a little more polite than that. Nah. Prostitute. Whatever. Also, uh, but like she's not a prostitute. She has prostituted herself before, but she's not. A prostitute, like she's it's not a career prostitute. Yeah, it's not like she was a hooker and then she got married and had a baby, but she's still turning tricks. Like oh, her she husband. retired from. <laughs> no, she was never a hooker. <laughs> well, she got pregnant with his kid. No. He felt responsible until financially they needed cash, and that was their only option. Uh, she... she had to go back to work. No, <laughs> she, she, she had would to have. Turn... No, god damn it! <laughs> but he went on the running man to stop that from happening. Right, but she did it anyway. Okay. Go ahead to discuss what you're trying to say. You I did. Words. You're going. Keep going. Okay, but anyway. <laughs> uh, also, uh, the goal of the game, to win the game, isn't to, in the movie, it's to reach, like, zone four or zone three. I can't remember the number. Mm. And, like, oh, you'll be free like our other contestants. Of course, in the movie, it's a lie. Yeah. You know, twist, plot twist. They don't they really get free. They just kill them and you. use <laughs> CG to put their faces on other bodies. Yeah. <laughs> uh, but in the book, you have to last 30 days. Wow. 
And also in the book, every day to prove that you're alive, you have to mail two like recorded messages. Mm-hmm. And sometimes in the movie, in the, uh, the book, he'll just like sit there and talk like Ace Ventura with his ass, like, oh, fuck you guys, blah, blah, blah. But in the book, he as he's like on, on the run, seeing like rich people, like seeing the different aspects of society outside of where they are, and correct me if I'm wrong, he, he starts getting very political, like, this is so fucked up. This is like, you know, he then, knowing he's going to die, is like, he basically realizes, oh, I'm going to, you know, talk back, like, try to get the truth out there at least. Mm-hmm. But then, like, when they play his messages, like, you know, they, oh, the audio is bad, so, or there's no audio on it, so he's, yeah. but or he's like, he's hoping, like, lip readers will pick up what he's saying to get, to somehow bring this, like, this, he realizes how terrible this is. So I guess he had to hold this big ass camera out there since they didn't have well, iPhones. Well, no, see that that's again. This book was written uh, first published in 1982, collected in 1985 in the Bachman books, which also features a short story called Rage about a school shooting, which Stephen King like doesn't like allow to be republished anymore because of the sensitive mm-hmm. nature of it. Which I haven't read it yet, but I have the Bachman books, but I haven't read that particular story. But from what I've heard or read about it, it's very similar almost to J- the Jeremy video. Mm. more so in, in, in some way I don't know I again I haven't read it so don't quote me on that but anyway 1982 he wrote this story and also uh, the I think you'd agree with me the biggest di- this the okay well, well, before we get into like the end of the book as opposed to the end of the movie uh, which did you like better the book yeah the book as the movie is amazing I give it a nine the book is fucking it's a awesome. totally different story in, uh, totally different points totally different theme the only well, they thing they that. share is the name, and the overall like idea in a sense. Yeah. The but the the network is so much more evil in the movie. I mean, like, on the book, excuse me. They are the government. Basically, like they run everything. It's in it just like the media practically runs everything now. Yeah. This book is so ahead of its time. It is so relevant today. But that's not the biggest thing. It is quite possible that Stephen King, aka Richard Bachman, predicted nine eleven with this book. <laughs> Or he's just a time traveler. He could be. Because the That's end, way more in the end of the movie, Arnold takes Killy and puts him in the pod, shoots him out through the, the awesome tunnel, which as a kid I thought would be the coolest ride ever. <laughs> just to go into the game, I like ride that over and over. That. <laughs> <laughs> and that he sends him through there, goes through his own sign, blows up, et cetera, et cetera. The book is way, way different. Uh, basically, he kidnaps a woman in a car as, like, he's. Because they keep they keep catching him. Like as smart as he is, like yeah. they're they're they know, they've done this before. They're catching him. In fact, I used to read a ton of books in high school, like a lot of Star Wars books. Nothing, you know, some classic, so to speak. A few Stephen King books back in the day. Uh, but I, like uh, as I got got older, I kind of got out of reading. But now reading all these books for the podcast, like I've kind of gotten back into it. But this book has one of the most tense scenes, or I say scenes, because I'm envisioning it in my mind of anything I've ever read, where he's trying to slip through the pipe, and the way, like he's uh, he's in the basement of a YMCA, and he's trying, he know, he just has this sense that the hunters are there, and he's about to get killed. So he on the way out, he goes to the basement, lights this fire, and he's going to go through this drain pipe. Well, then the way Stephen King like describes him trying to fit in the pipe, and it's like, oh, that is like. Mentally, I'm like picturing it how terrifying that would be, and like he described it so well. Just like I've never been that in t- like tense reading part of yeah. a book. It was just, just done so well how he did it, and it was book's fantastic. If you haven't read the book, read the book. Totally different. Looking at you, got, you want to say anything to it? <laughs> no, I'm fine. Okay, any, but anyway, uh, the whole 9/11 thing. Oh yeah. yeah. <laughs> uh, well, so he steals a car, takes a woman hostage, and like he, th- at that point in the book, he starts using the media. 
like the uh, the prep, not the network, but the actual media, like people there with cameras, like that live feeds from local stuff to basically keep himself alive. Because also the longer he runs, the more money his family would get. So he's always at this point he knows he's gone. He's broken his ankle. I think he got shot in the shot once already. Anyway, he's he's got his ass kicked like running, uh, and he meets a whole bunch of other characters along the way. Uh, but anyway. So he finally plays it with using the media to get to an airfield, gets on a plane, uh, fools him to thinking that he has a bomb. And again, well written. The book is so well written, like it, it's it's like an episode of Twenty Four or something. It's like tense. First season, Twenty Four, just like oh shit, like is this gonna work? And again, the chapters are done like counting down, like and they're short, so it's like he'll end on a beat, and you're like oh shit, turn the page, and then like, oh it worked, oh thank it worked. They're calling his bluff. They're doing it. So eventually he's on the plane with the chief hunter, McCone, I think was the name. Like King writes him like as a total asshole, so you already hate him. But anyway, as it's wrapping up, he's on the plane. He's telling the pilot to fly the plane low so they don't just blow him out of the sky with a missile without killing a whole bunch of people on the ground. So eventually, uh, he has a woman on there with him. Trying to wrap help me wrap it up quick, baby. And then uh he flies the plane into no, the No, 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 <laughs> not, not that quickly. you got to build up to what's going on. Just get to the point, Jesus. No, it, it's so different from the movie. That's yeah. the thing. So, but it built, <laughs> In real life. It, the last, like, 20 chapters are on the plane. Like, it's, oh, wow. all these different things are happening, like, really, like, it's really tense. He basically, it turns out all the people on the plane are other hunters. Like, it's all orchestrated. And Killian in the film is actually, I mean, he's, he's, he's evil because he runs the network, but he's, I thought, you know, I don't know how to discussion about it. He's actually seems like he's on Richard's side in the book. Like he's like, "Oh, you're you know, like you're great for ratings." And he's like like that. And he basically says like, "You know, look, Ben, you're fucking awesome. We want you to be the new lead hunter. Like you you've ran longer than anybody, et cetera, et cetera. And He's like, "Let me think about it." You know, and then blah blah blah. And then he's like, but then the big twist at the end is like he says, "Ben, I I'm I'm always been honest with you. Your family's dead." They were killed shortly after he started running, before the episode even aired. Like something, I don't, I don't think they say exactly how, hmm. but his his wife and kid got killed somehow. I think he just tells them like somebody broke into their apartment, something like that. probably was, looking for cash because he was on the show, and so they were being sent money. And uh, so the whole time he's yeah. been doing all this they suffering, getting burgled. shot, running on a broken ankle, going through this like like he, this dude went this character went through hell, and also in the book the dude is more like. Don Johnson than Schwarzenegger. He's not mm. built. He's just a normal dude. No, not even normal. He's no military poverty training. poverty stricken. He is starving. Practically has lung cancer. Yeah, he's starving. He's emphysema. <laughs> Except they don't say he has emphysema, but a lot of people they do. They allude to it that a lot, yeah. a lot of poor people do because they don't have nose plugs. But anyway, so mm. he, once he finds that out, there's a final showdown on the plane. Uh, eventually he kills everybody on the plane, but not before getting shot in the chest like t- three times or whatever his Jeez. guts are hanging out it's really graphic uh stephen king seems to have some, a thing with entrails did yeah. you notice that we've yeah. read uh, several books by him <laughs> recently and like he has a thing for like people getting disemboweled but anyway that's for a, a week to come yeah but anyway the last thing in the book he flies the plane the jetliner into the building yeah into the network building where killian is Kill, like oh. so blowing the building up, the killing everybody. World Trade Center. No, no, but it's <laughs> but again, 1982. He's flying a jetliner into a skyscraper. Ah. And a, and a, okay, <laughs> I, I know what you're saying, but uh-huh. in a post 9/11 environment, they're, they're, Less you can't separate it. In a maybe still on a boat, not in a movie though. Oh yeah, they would never make 
like the book could never be made as is. Yeah. Yeah. Because I'm reading like, oh, this would never get made. This would never get made. Like this, yeah. not now. This is like, oh, and he's also flipping, like they have cameras on the outside of the building. And as Killian's watching him, like the last page, the last chapter, <laughs> Richard's just like flipping him off as the plane's coming to crash. <laughs> so that's the one, that's the one really action movie element yeah. of the book. But again, as you can see, drastically different. But the book is so good. I was, I was like, there's, I haven't read that many books to where I've, I would say, I would say it's actually a page turner. I've always thought that term's kind of like, it's a book. You see it coming, but the way this book was like handled with the chapters and where the beats were, mm-hmm. you know, I was like, I read it like turner. so fast, like I, you know, I would sit there and just read, 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 read. And the last book I read, which I'm not going to mention because it's an upcoming movie that we're going to do on the podcast, the last 50 pages I read in like 30 minutes. I was like, I have to see how this ends. What's going to happen? What's going to happen? So wow. we'll get to that later. But uh, also, it uh, should be noted in the book, uh, there's a. Con- did you notice the, the connection to it in the book? Stephen King has a fictional town. He has a couple of them that he mentions a lot in his works that are connected because there's. Oh, yeah. Much he like went in, through Derry. Exactly. Yeah. Which is where it took place and also Dreamcatcher. And also elements of that Kennedy, the uh, 112263 novel that he came out with recently that's about to be a TV show with James Franco or something. I have no idea. Anyway, no all, idea. all set in Derry have elements in, in the town. But Derry is also mentioned in the body, which, a.k.a. Uh, Stand By Me, Pet Cemetery, Tommy Knockers, I uh, can't remember writing, Needful, and Needful Things, among some other of his works. Because much like Tarantino's film universe, there's all these connecting threads throughout a lot of Stephen King stuff. Hmm. So it's really, it's really awesome how he connects everything in, in, in odd ways. But anyway, uh, about the book... Uh, he wrote the book in one week. What? Which normally... That's nuts. Excuse me. I think the book was like maybe 200 pages, if... Yeah, maybe it wasn't little, long It wasn't very long. More like a novella. Hmm. But anyway, he... Now, we're talking about Stephen King. He has books that are like nearly <laughs> longer than the Bible. The stand is huge. <coughs> mm-hmm. uh, but and normally, he only ta- it only takes him three months to write a novel. That's incredible. Like, to me, that's just mind-blowing that he could write something... Pretty cool. That's good, extensive like that in three yeah. months. Like, I mean, that he's so because he's he a he's huge a writer. Body of work. Yeah, it's enormous. I think fifty four books, uh, novels, and then of course a variety of short stories, screenplay, all sorts of other stuff. I mean, incredibly talented man. Uh, but anyway, as I mentioned before, Richard Bachman, he didn't want to be known as Stephen King. That's his real name. He didn't want to. He wanted to be able to go to the store, and sign a check, Stephen King, and nobody knew who he was. Mm-hmm. He wanted Richard Bachman to be his known identity. Granted, Stephen King sounds way cooler. Yeah. Anyway, the new novel by Stephen King. The new novel by Richard Bachman. You know, one of those sounds like, you know, Dean Koontz level and the other one Stephen King level, for lack of a better explanation. Uh, but anyway, the reason we don't have, you know, Richard Bachman's it is because his real name somehow got leaked to the media. And the, but this, uh, this was after the success of Carrie. Salem's Lot, er, real early in his career, so it just got, I think, excuse me, fuck what I just said. I don't know when it was, but because Carrie came out as Stephen King, not Richard Bachman. Mm -hmm. It was early in his career that his name got mentioned, spoiled, so to speak, his real name. So then he's like, fuck it, not Richard Bachman, I'm Stephen King, which Mm. he is and still remains to this day. So it's worked out. Yeah, pretty good. And again, Stephen King's a way cooler name. That sounds like the fake name of the two, not Richard Bachman. That sounds like a real name, like you know, like actors take 
different names. I just think of Bachman Turner Overdrive. Yeah, see, you won't you won't be associated with that. No. If you're a horror author. Nope. So well, before you... that, it was Gus Pillsbury. That's worse. That could be the Pillsbury <laughs> Doughboy's That's real name. That's his children's name. book name. <laughs> the little story of Pennywise the Clown for kids. But anyway, that was fun. You look like the book. Was you fun. look like the dude from Pet Cemetery that talks to the main guy. Like you just look. Well, yeah, all your explaining and um and uh got tedious, well, so hey, I quit paying attention. You know why you're here, <laughs> Other for sex, otherwise for sex appeal, is to keep me on track, and you're, if I'm putting you to sleep, you need to step it up, dog. Come on. But anyway. Speaking of horror movies. <laughs> anyway, that's uh, The Running Man. Yep. A true classic. And read the book if you haven't. But it's better. We're now at a, we're now at a critical phase of the podcast, me. because... The next episode is the first episode of our Halloween Horror Month. And we all know it's the most wonderful time of the year uh-huh. for me. Yeah. Don't, don't give me that look. Don't, don't, don't ruin this for me, Autumn. I'm giving you a look. I'm supporting you. But anyway, if you haven't guessed, by the subtle, a.k.a. obvious hints and misspeakings I've had the past two episodes. I hate when people say a.k.a. Also known as. Would you rather me say also known as. Or, or vis-a-vis. just, like, not say it and just be like... <laughs> vis-a-vis. Quid pro quo. Anyway. Whatever. Halloween. <sighs> Sometimes I just wish Daniel was back here. <laughs> just kidding, babe. I love you so much. But anyway, Halloween this year. Stephen King celebrating his 80s movies. We already done The Shining, so we already did the best one. Spoiler alert. It is the best one of the 80s of movies based on Stephen King works. But we did. We just did tr- uh, Maximum Overdrive and Running Man. Yeah. More sci-fi. Yeah. Than horror, I'd say. So, mm-hmm. but next week we're gonna get into what people think of when they think of Stephen King, and that is scary movies. Which one? Scary movie. No. <laughs> yes, he wrote scary movie. That's what we're literally talking about. We're doing scary movie one through five. <laughs> Stephen King scary movie. But so we're gonna you. start off our month-long celebration of all things Halloween because it is the best time of the year for me. And numerous other people. What are we doing? Christmas, shut the <laughs> fuck up and let me talk, God. love. Just, you should, when Melissa offered you that bottle of wine, you should have taken it. Go wait outside. You would have been on your second glass by now, and this would have been the best episode ever. What movie are we doing? Well, maybe turn you down. We're going, Sorry. We're going to do the Stephen King classic uh-huh. short story uh-huh. featured in the collection Night Shift, uh-huh. which also had... Trucks, which we previously covered on the podcast. Uh-huh. So we're doing uh, a film about children. Children. I fucking hate you. <laughs> oh, I totally. I blew this so bad. We have to start the next episode with it. I'm, I meant to have that song by Corn, Children of the Corn, queued up, so it would oh. play. But save it for next week. Spoiler alert. <laughs> There's a song by Corn called Children of the Corn with Ice Cube. Oh, but anyway. Good. Today was a good day until that comment. But anyway, next week, everybody, Children of the Corn, kicking off Halloween Horror Month here on 80s Revisited. And don't forget, send us an email with corrections, comments to 80sVisited at gmail.com. Look us up at Awesome Pods on the internet, Twitter, Facebook, all those things. And again, Awesome Podcast Network mean there are more podcasts on the Awesome Podcast Network. 
a lot of old episodes of ones that, you know, unfortunately aren't around anymore, but maybe could come around more if people left reviews and stuff like that. Maybe. We'll see. Try it out and see what happens. But also, our good friends, shout out always to John and James, Now versus Nostalgia. Check out their podcast. It's great as well for your nostalgia fix, because we live in the 80s here, but they do everything, so... I don't think you're allowed to say Halloween Horror Nights. I think that's I trademark. said Halloween Horror Month. No, you you said nights a minute ago. Jesse? I don't know. Were you periscoping or paying attention? <laughs> if I did, it don't matter. I think it's it, trademarked. I don't think you can say Okay, it. that's fine. If I said it, I meant horror, Halloween Horror Month. Okay. I'm going to say Halloween Horror Month so many you times over the next said month. that and maybe I misheard Wait, you. Wait, who's trademarked it? Universal Studios. Oh, yeah. uh, Okay. But anyway, you Screw know, them. trying to end an episode, Autumn, okay. here, and you bring some weird tangent in Com- about drawing on and on. End. This is a long episode, so let's let it go. End. Goodbye, Running Man. We'll be back next month with Halloween Horror. It's going to be awesome. I know it's my favorite group of episodes all uh-huh. year, so see you next time, everybody. I am Trey Harris. Autumn Harris. Jesse Sedgley. Cowabunga! This show and more on Facebook.com slash AwesomePods. And follow us on Twitter at AwesomePods.